What is up, wrestling fans? It's that time of the week for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling. And of course, call it right down the middle. That's right, it's time for 607 Podcast presents The Wrestling Show, better known as 607TWS. And we are coming to you live, for us at least, from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host here at 607TWS, but I'm also the host of the 3FN Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me in the co-pilot's chair like he does each and every week, but you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? We're going to talk some pro grappling, and uh, of course, Ken M's voice is back. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, and I should be coughing less. If I still cough a little bit it is it is what it is i have i I jinxed myself earlier while recording the 3fn podcast for this week where we review knock at the cabin a little cheap plug there uh and i uh, i jinxed myself by saying oh man i haven't coughed all day yeah yeah that's usually what does it i didn't do it going to a coughing fit but there was a little bit during the review i had to apologize for so it's kind of shitty i'm like "Ah, i thought i was over this i thought it was over but every time i try to get out they pull me me back back in. in how i feel about wrestling podcasting by the way as well so it's kind of an interesting <laughs> dichotomy uh you know the only other thing that's leaving me for being the godfather three is there's no incest uh sub story plot thankfully in my life everything else now <laughs> is, is is relatable uh if you guys got the joke you got the goddamn joke uh, you know, we made a 607 uh, comment earlier, and I think I want to share it here because uh, Ron was talking about uh, salting the roads of, of the greater Binghamton area. And I said, you know, we have a local celebrity that might follow behind your truck because it's white stuff and try to snort it. <laughs> oh, uh, and if you get the joke, you get the joke. <laughs> I figured I'd tell it to Ken and everybody here as well. But if you get the joke, you get the joke. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nod, nah, nod. Nah. With that being said, though, he's, he's been in the news lately. If not for that reason, unfor- well, fortunately, I guess, for him. <laughs> uh, but with that being said, we're not here to talk about local celebrities. We're not here to put ourselves over. No, no, no. We're here to talk about pro wrestling. We got a little shorter of a show this week. Yes, we do. Still action-packed. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. You know, in the second half of the show, we're going to do two halves. In the second half, we got that indie roundup I hope you guys are excited for. We got three major cards to review from this past week and a fourth to kind of tell you about. I'm not going to go through the full review, uh, but uh, West Coast pro was back so i want to again give them a little shine and a little light and of course uh then we have the big gcw slash jcw j cup coming up we've heard that this looking at the tournament on list i've hearing all over the internet people are saying this is the uh battle of los angeles east and some people are even going as far as saying that the lineup looks better than this past year's battle of los angeles i mean looking at the early lineup i there's a strong debate. You can't deny it. So you guys are going to want to pay attention. Check that out. Of course, in the opening contest, we will be reviewing NXT Vengeance Day, which went down this past weekend as well. And on top of that, we're going to talk a little things about the uh, WWE stuff going on because we had another uh, story, a chapter written, if you will, in the book of Sami Zayn versus the Bloodline. We're going to talk about that in the future and more and what we're hearing around the internet. But before we can get into all of that, Ken M, tell these fine folks how to find yourself and the Ocho Duro parlay hour podcast before i do that i just want to give a special shout out to everybody that was dming and shooting some well wishes when i was sick and jvd wall games 
one time for you. But if you want to find out everything else that's going on at the ODPH, simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on social media accounts. Friends of the show are found under the classifieds, such as 3FN Podcast. Parlay points block section of blogs count anywhere did come out that a lot of news has been uh, circulating around about. So you definitely want to go check that out. And we'll keep it short and sweet for anything else that is the ODPH. ODPHpodcast.com. Of course, if uh, well, I didn't get any well wishes. See, I, I see how you guys are. I understand that. You just want me to die. I'm joking. I joke. I joke. I kid. I kid. Uh, but anyways, if you would like to get a hold of myself and the 3FN Podcast, go to 3FNPodcast.com. Social media links are all there. Patreon links there. Patreon.com slash 3FNPodcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content. Actually, it's shaping up. There's some moving and shaking going on over there, but it's even more bang for your buck legitimately. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the T Public links there. Friends of the show like the ODPH is there. All the show links are there, whether it's the 3FN podcast links or 607TWS, as well as the musical directory, which features bands like Floodlands, whose song Ruins is our theme song for 607TWS. And of course, our good friends over at Second Suitor, whose song One Winged Angel is the song you hear at the end of each week's 607TWS. Thank both those bands for allowing us. And of course, Go make sure you support them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last but not least, there is a sponsor section uh, that allow they, the sponsors allow us to bring you these shows commercial free each and every week, and so that way you guys can get them as wide as you can, and we don't have to like go too far in the uh, the pockets. We're gonna give out the two shout outs to the two major sponsors of Six Hundred Seven TWS. Of course, the first major sponsor is Dragon Master Games for all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs. Visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com, and then of course the official energy drink of the Three FN podcast slash 607 podcast that of course is dubby energy drink and dubby has waged war on big energy if you would like to join the revolution and see what all the fuss is about go ahead and hit them up at w.gg that's d-u-b-b-y dot g-g and try out some of their great flavors and sample packs and everything else that they have to offer there and when you go to checkout guess what in that promo code, put 3FNPOD. That's the number 3FNPOD, and you will get 10% off your order. Here's the even cooler part, Ken M. What's if, that? If you enjoy what you got at Dubby and you want to reorder, every time you check out, you can use the promo code 3FNPOD and receive 10% off of every order on the site. So there you go. Every time? Every time. 10% off. So if you enjoy what you got, 3FNPOD is the promo code at W.GG. And you can enjoy it. So thanks for Dubby for being the energy sponsor. And of course, thank you to Dragon Master Games, who sponsors every fucking thing we do over here. And we appreciate them greatly. Mm-hmm. Well, Ken, that's enough about us plugging selves. That's enough about us, you know, saying thank you to the fans, or in my case, saying, why the fuck didn't you guys send me shit? You know, hey, what am I over here? Chop liver? I put these shows together. No, I'm joking. I, I once again, I'm joking. Uh, please don't send the uh, obligatory. Well, I really like you too. Like I don't want to hear it. I, I just it's a, just a joke. I promise. But anyways, uh, with all of that aside, let's dive right into this week's show because Ken, I believe you need to check your watch because it's time. That's right. It's time to kick off six oh seven TWS and talk some pro wrestling. And we are going to start with the uh, big event that went down this past weekend on the Peacock, cock, cock, the Peacock. And of course, that would be NXT's Vengeance Day 2023. And that came to you from the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, this past Saturday, February 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Peacock, which we already mentioned. Make sure, you know, the Peacock's a great, great, great tool there. Mm -hmm. It's the 
second best four ninety nine you can spend a month. True. Because if you have the commercial version, it only costs you four ninety nine. Of course, the best four ninety nine you can spend. Fight, Fight Plus. Fight Plus. Let's be honest. We're going to talk about that later, though. So let's talk about NXT, shall we, Ken? Let's do it. In your opening contest, the NXT North American Championship was on the line. Your champion, Wesley, defending against Dijak. This match got 17 minutes and one second at the end of the day. And still, to the surprise of a lot of people, NXT North American Champion, Wesley. Well, first... Definitely want to plug the production work here for WWE because they had Charlotte come out and do the intros for everybody. And this was a great way to introduce the universe fans to NXT 2.0. So I definitely want to plug that quick. Yeah, I should have said that as well. But yeah, very good. It was a very nice opening package. Yeah, it was a nice opening package to really set the tone for the night. But if you want to talk about setting the tone, oh my God. Did anybody really think Wesley versus Dijak would be in the match of the year candidate already? Not me. I didn't have it, but oh my God, what a surprise. Did not see this ending coming. I thought it was going to be DiJack all day. But kudos to those two for putting on one hell of a performance to really kick that night off. Great shocking beginner beginning bout with you know Wesley going over. I don't think any of us really expected that to happen. I'm glad it happened. I do like Wesley a lot. I'm glad that he's going to continue to have his day in the shine. Dijak, man, we put it all there, including breaking his finger in the most nastiest oh fashions. If you have not, if you are squeamish, do not look up Dijak showing off his broken finger, whether it be the actual broken finger right after or the X-ray of how the finger looked. Yeah, which I don't know how a human's finger goes that way, but. Granted, it was nasty, and he still finished a match that way, so you got to give him all the kudos in the world. Oh, those absolutely. Two, those two had a hell of a match, and I, I'm glad that they got the, to show that off. It would have been easy for them to be overshadowed by so much of the other stuff that was on this card, and the fact that they raised the bar, and I'm I'm, I'm saying for this show they were definitely the bar. Mm. I don't know if they were the best match of the night, but they were fucking up there, so they were the bar to cross right off the top. Great job for both Wesley and Dijak, and of course, Wesley to continue on as champion and cannot wait to see where this goes. Next up, we had the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship on the line. Your, and they, they drove this home a lot. Your longest reigning yeah. NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, but not just the NXT Tag the longest reigning t- Women's Tag Team Champions in the history of WWE. I don't know why they kept dragging that home. Uh, I was not a fan of the commentary during this, ma- uh, during this whole event. I just want to throw that out there. I'm with you on that, but I thought they tipped it off too much because of that. So uh, your champions, Katana Chance and Caden Carter, defending against the, uh, the, the frenemies, if you will, Phelan Henley and Kiana James with Josh Briggs and Big Brooks Jensen in their corners. This match got nine minutes and 20 seconds at the end of the day by hook or by crook. And new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Phelan Henley and Kiana James. Of course, Kiana James, less than honest in her her profession and unbeknownst to the stereotypical good girl, Phelan Henley, Mm. it was... It was her. It was Kiana James holding the legs down, which got the one, two, three. I'm gonna wonder how this is gonna play out. But as of right now, we have new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Yeah, like I said, I thought they tipped it off with the commentary, so I was expecting the change. And to be honest with you, I don't mind the storyline for NXT 2, 3.0, as I like to call it. This has been something that they've been really spending some time developing in these characters. So I wasn't surprised they made the change, and I'm I'm really interested to see what they're going to do next. Yeah, I know. The storyline is going to be very interesting. I, that's why I said I, I'm interested to see where we go with yeah. this. Next up was our two out of three falls match, and uh, this one had the big fight feel. They both got big entrances. Yes. We got to see, you know, Apollo Crews and all the things he's been through, including main eventing WrestleMania, winning the United States Championship, the Intercontinental Championship. I shouldn't say main eventing, but being part of WrestleMania. 
yeah, sorry. Yeah. Didn't mean event. Uh, but uh, you know, you know what I'm getting. I'm getting excited because yeah. the video package was that good. And of course, then you got Carmelo Hayes who gets the you know all of the accomplishments, mm-hmm. and here comes and you know it's him. You know, I love how they just refer to him as him. Yes, and he comes out. Tremendous match, 23 minutes and 31 seconds, and I do not believe anybody had this on their bingo card. Winning the match, two falls to none. Yeah. Carmelo Hayes. Mello is money. I don't know how Mello feels about Mello being money, but also uh, Mello's damn good. Mello didn't miss, and I think this is the first time we've had a sweep in a two out of three falls match since Dolph Ziggler and The Miz way back when, when Dolph put his career on the line. Yeah. So to see this unfold... Carmelo Hayes is the future. Oh, I agree 100%. Like, like, this whole match was phenomenal. And even though Apollo Crews did not get a win, he's still looked great in this match. But this is all about elevating Carmelo Hayes. And and you'll see later in the night why. I, I'm going to point this out. I, the only thing I didn't like was the ending was the ending was kind of... I don't want to say lackluster because what happened in the ring was fine. It was just like the involvement of Katadaba. Yeah, yeah. Because he's gone back to Katadaba, I do believe, is what they're going back to now. But we know he was General Aziz for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that tie-in with Apollo Crews. It looks like he helps out to keep Trick Williams away, even though right after Apollo Crews loses. And at the end of the match, Daba destroys... Apollo Crews, you know, obviously setting up Apollo Crews versus him, which I'm fine with all of that. I just don't get why that had to happen there, especially during such a great match. And it really didn't stop the end of the match, how it happened. It just added some clunkiness in, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The only reason I was trying to break down is, you know how Apollo's been having those weird visions? Like, maybe this ties into it somehow. I don't know. I just think... I didn't like it, though. I just think it's fucking weird that it, it didn't even it really impact the end of the match. It just made it clunky. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to complain about there. Next up, we had a fatal four-way tag team match for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Your champions, the New Day, defending those tag team titles against the former champions, Pretty Deadly, Elton Prince and Kit Wilson, Chase University of Andre Chase and Duke Hudson with Thea Hale in their corner, and of course... Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang. This match got 16 minutes and 46 seconds. And at the end of the day, your winners and new NXT Tag Team Champions, Gallus. And I will say this about this match. This match was super exciting the whole time. Mm-hmm. This is how you do a four-way tag team match. I don't ever feel like I was overwhelmed. I don't feel like I couldn't keep my eyes on the action. I think that they placed everything in the right spots. I think that they called this match pretty much good. There was a couple botches. It's going to happen when you have eight guys involved. Yeah. But for the most part, I thought they did an amazing job in this match. They told an amazing story. At certain times in this match, you thought anybody could win it. I thought I thought Chase U was going to get the victory oh, at one point only. in front of the hometown crowd. You know, Duke Hudson going hard. Everybody's always like, is he really with Chase U? I think he proved once again as the blood was coming out of his mouth that he bleeds Chase U, as he says. And, you know, Andre Chase almost making it happen in front of that home crowd and his family. But just at the end there, Ah, Gallus sweeps in and does what they do better than anybody, and that's fucking win. <laughs> incredible match. Absolutely incredible from bell to bell. I love Chase U, so they're, they might be my favorite part of NXT 3.0. I was so rooting for them to pull off the win, but they look great in this match. Everybody looked great in this match, and even the, the finish. 
I can't be mad about Gallus. No, I agree with you 110%. Next up, we have the triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. Your champion, Roxanne Perez, defending against both members of Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. This match got 14 minutes and 42 seconds at the end of the day. And still the NXT Women's Champion, Roxanne Perez. I'm going to say this. This is my favorite match of the night. I'm going to tell you why. In the beginning of this match, it was a little clunky. Yeah. Uh, but the storytelling was still good. But the girls took a second to, like, it took only a couple minutes. There's a couple minutes where it's kind of clunky because I think they were trying to figure out the, 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 the recipe, if you will. Mm. But after that couple minutes... If you watch this match from then on out, it's just flows. Yeah. And it tells a beautiful story. It tells the story of two teammates who both want to be champion, but they both want to act like they're still a team. And when is it going to crack? And who's going to be the first to crack? And we had all the teases, and finally it happens. And then they go back to working together to only split apart again. I thought that that was a beautiful session. You have the champion who's you know, initially fighting a two-on-one match, but still out, out there has the heart of a champion, and she's doing some great things. I thought after, like I said, the first couple of minutes of this match were clunky. And there was a, a few botches, but then all of a sudden when they started clicking, it just fired and fired and the story was beautiful until the end. And I, I enjoyed the end. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was a great match. I thought it was one of the best women's matches we've seen in a long time from NXT, period. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think once they settled in, uh, right around that three-minute mark, that's when I thought they hit their stride. Because I, I just think it was just they couldn't get each other's timing figured out of like what they wanted to do. But like you said, and I fully agree, once they kind of paused and let it happen... This was a fantastic match. Uh, absolutely. I think this is one of those matches that kind of made the champion Roxanne Perez look like a true champion. Mm -hmm. I thought that Gigi Dallin came out looking strong from this match. I love the crazy gimmick she's doing. Yeah. JC Jane was a star in this match. I think JC Jane pretty much stole the show in this match and showed that, man, she is a fucking player as far as singles competition goes. But like the champion showed once again why she's the champion, why the company has faith in a 21 year old, why she's the prodigy. And I mean, you know, the pop rocks from the top rope. The only thing that I don't. Uh, I, I will say this. This is just a criticism because you're always going to have them. The only thing I th find weird about Roxy when she does the pop rocks is instead of just using the pin, because she's already in a pinning position, she always jumps back and does the fucking cradle, the the, the over-the-top push yeah. pin. I get it because she's smaller, but I would like her to just see, because like, especially the finishing from the top rope, I thought it would have just been perfect just to lock the legs, one, two, three. Mm. She's not going to kick out. You don't need that extra pin. I do know it, it does show a little more respect to the wrestler you're working against, but I think it just looks more fluid. I think it looked a little clunkier to some people, but if you watch it, it is actually seamless until she jumps off and then covers. Right. If she would have just kept the legs underneath her arms and just held on to the waist, you would have seen that it was like a perfect fucking... It, she hit basically the Yoshi tonic perfectly. Yeah. And hitting that pop rocks is always kind of interesting to see her do. I, we got to see her do it on the outside of the ring. Yeah. That was, so that was pretty cool as well. I, you know, like I said, I think that both, I think give it up to the selling job from both Gigi and, Je, uh, and, and, uh, and, J, and JC Jane, give it, give them all the credit in the world. Also give them the credit of like, when are they going to split? When are they not going to split? I thought that they had an amazing match and I thought it just made those two women, this is the future of fucking WWE's women's division. Mm -hmm. You watch these three in the ring and you go, okay, we're, we're, we're you're doing all right. Yeah. You're like you have nothing to fear. If this is what's coming out of the pike and this isn't even the full list, right? This is just three members 
But these three members, they could come up to the main roster, I think, right now, and you would believe them in any match they put them in. Oh, absolutely. And I was on the fence because I think Toxic Attraction is a great tag team. I think if they're going to keep women's tag team wrestling, they might want to keep them as a tag team. And I would love to continue to see them as a tag team, but it's nice to know they can go singles as well. Mm-hmm. And as far as Roxanne Perez, if you're not a believer, you should be a believer. Oh, now. You have to be a believer. And I, I can't wait to see where we're going to go from there for, for Roxanne Perez. It was kind of weird with Booker T doing his heel persona yeah. on the cast, but then still trying to suck up to his student i i just i don't know if i really like this commentary team on nxt i think we need a better I, that's just my opinion yeah no i agree they were they i don't want to say they weren't ready for prime time but it just seemed like they were trying too hard i'm going to say there's a reason why they're calling nxt and not smackdown or raw yeah you know there's a reason why because i liked it way better when Stu bennett was down there calling but i appreciate the fact that he's now the smackdown commentator because mm. he deserves to be there however i really missed him on commentary for nxt yeah and I like I said I like Booker T sometimes, but sometimes he needs he needs to be the third. He's the argument for a third guy because he needs to be the third guy. He can't be a two man table. He's not the two. That's just my opinion. No, I agree. And it kind of once again the comment like I stopped listening to commentating at some point just because it was taking me out of the event, and that was the bad part. The wrestling was fine for the most part. Let's talk about the main event. Speaking of fine for the most part, uh, in the main event of the evening for the NXT Championship match, the, in a steel cage where it was clarified at the beginning that there was no escape clause. It was pinfall submission only inside the cage. So classic cage rules. Uh, that was important. Uh, Grayson Waller would challenge your NXT champion, Baron Breaker. Uh, of course, this match got 14 minutes and 25 seconds. At the end of the day, your winner and still NXT champion, Braun Breaker. And I'm going to say this. I came out of this match with two thoughts that I'd never think I'd say. A, I was actually a bigger fan of Grayson Waller out of this match. Mm-hmm. He actually did he, he did a lot to put his body on the line. I thought he did a great job in this match. But after seeing this match, I'm not sure if Braun Breaker's ready for primetime. Because this is a match where this is a match that should favor a guy that's his size. And I feel like the mistakes in this match were clearly on him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, and, and once again, I've been a fan of this guy. And I think he's, but unfortunately, I think when you put him in there with, with certain people, like Grayson Waller, in, in my opinion, came out looking like the guy who should have been the champion. And Braun Breaker looked like the guy who's just the green guy who shouldn't be in there. I don't understand why. This is one of the first bad performances, but now it makes me question whether we should be talking about moving Braun Breaker up. Yeah, I have to agree. Like This was probably the most disappointing match of the night for me because I figured this would have been a real great showcase for Braun, but he kind of got upstaged. Like, let's be honest. Well, it's not just that he got upstaged. It's just like when it was his time to shine, he didn't really shine. Right. That's what I mean. Like, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, he got upstaged because I said, like I said, Grayson Waller impressed me. Yeah. For one of the first times, he did all these things that were just great. But it was on top of that, that there was just moments where Braun just looked like he dropped the ball and most notably the finish. Oh, like, yeah. There was no reason. Like, I understand he's trying to add emotion, but there was no emotion to this match. There was really like, I mean, he yeah, okay, Grayson Waller talked shit, but the way he talked and then did like the whole setup, it was weird. He came off like the bully. He came off like the he heel. He came off like the heel. Yeah. Whereas Grayson Waller came off like the guy that you might like. And I think that there was, mind you, we're not in Florida anymore. You're not in Orlando where you have a controlled crowd. And you're not going to be in Orlando for stand and deliver because mm-hmm. that happens WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. So you're going to be in Los Angeles. I don't know if it's at the Staples Center, but I'm assuming it is because I, I didn't look at that far. But that's usually where they wrestle. And that's where I, I'm assuming the SmackDown and Raw is coming from as the Staples Center. So I'm assuming NXT will come from the Staples Center 
Honor as well. Because obviously Mania is coming from SoFi. Yeah. So my look at it like this is that here you are and Grayson Waller looked like the champion that we should be getting coming in to stand and deliver. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in Orlando, Braun Breaker, I feel like is over because all the crowd loves him because it's the hometown guy. Mm-hmm. Or like, he, I mean, he's not from Orlando, but you know what I mean? Like it's the home brand. He's, he's been the franchise guy for the right. new NXT. And, and, and that's where they wrestle. Yeah. Now you take it on the road. And I think the crowd sometime during that match kind of started turning towards being a fan of Grayson Waller. And then you turned around, and I don't know if that's going to carry over because with this performance, we got to wonder what's going to happen when they go to L.A. Well, I think you hit it right on the head, too, about saying it's in front of a new crowd. And a lot of that crowd was WWE Universe. It wasn't the NXT faithful. So I think adapting to that, and we've talked about this time, like, and just kind of just to parallel a bit, like when Kerry Morton came to GCW mm-hmm. and just how quickly he adapted to the crowd and played into it and, and really captured that. Read the room. Yeah. I don't think Braun read the room, in my opinion. Like, I, it's like he, I think he he's got stuck in doing his usual routine, and I don't think it translated for a mass audience where Grayson understood the temp in the room and adapted for that reason. Well, the, the crowd, is especially like an unfamiliar crowd, you know, there's probably some NXT fans in the crowd, but you're right, there's probably a lot of Universe fans there as well. Yeah. He understood that the flashy moves and doing what he does is going to get over with that crowd. And he you did that, but he still was being a heel. He still did all the heel moves. He still was cocky and conceited. And I, I agree with you. I think the part that rubbed me the worst is at the end, it looks like Braun Breaker becomes the bully, mm. which makes you the fucking heel. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't have done that. That that was a misstep. I understand that he was trying. I don't know if that was written in. I don't know if somebody in the back said, well, let's go for this emotional part. I don't think you should have done that because now you look like the heel, especially when there was a portion of the crowd cheering for Grayson Waller, so at least it looks even worse for you. So, you know, I, I just, I couldn't get with it. I understand why he's still champion, but he's got a lot of work to do between now and Los Angeles because he's going to have to step in front of another crowd that is not necessarily an NXT crowd. It's not a home game, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's why I keep I keep stressing, when you're in Orlando, at the PC, at the, you know, uh, you know the wrestling, you know, center. C- C- CWC, yeah, CWC. CWC. I always forget what they call it, but... When you're there, that's home turf. So that the crowd is already predetermined to cheer for the faces and boo the fucking heels. There's not really a lot. When you watch NXT television live from there, there's no real difference week to week. So it's easy to be that. And I think that that's the smart part about Triple H and Shawn Michaels taking that and putting it into different venues because then you get to gauge the temp in the fucking room. Mm. And this was a match where it got exposed that the temp in the room might not be Braun Breaker. Braun's got to step it up because this could really hurt him coming to that main roster. Agreed. We were all thinking he was fucking a shoe in. I I mean, he has all the tools. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. The one tool that he's kind of shaky on is on the mic. Granted, he's better than his uncle and his father on the mic, but that's Mm. not saying too much. Not insulting the legendary Steiners, because I love both of them. However, let's be honest, they're not known for microphone skills. I mean, Big Papa Pump did Steiner math. Let's be honest. And and the dog-faced gremlin, his biggest promo that we always cut to is him arguing with Chucky out of Halloween Havoc. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about guys that aren't known for the promo. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, his dad's mostly known for fucking barking. Yeah. So he is better than them, but I don't think he's on the level of a Grayson Waller or some of these other guys who are really good on the mic and also have the athleticism. I know that I've been not I've been sour on Grayson Waller in the past, but that's nothing on his athleticism and it's nothing on his character. It's just something about him that I didn't like. But I think he's starting to evolve. Yeah. And every time I see it lately, whether it was at the last 
takeover because i'm still calling them takeovers i get it It, it, ple's whether it was at the last one or this one that just happened i think he's making those steps i think these guys i think the only thing that still hurts them is that they have logan paul and that was his original gimmick Mm -hmm. however i think the sky's the limit for this kid speaking of which i think they think that too because there was the big angle that happened after the show during the press conference yeah as he stormed into Shawn michaels press conference and said, what, do I have to start hitting a pose? Do I need to wear hearts on my trunks and admire you like these other guys for you to push me? Is that what I have to do? Do I have to kiss your ass to be be, be one of your favorites to fucking succeed here? Is that what I have to do? And, of course, Matt Bloom comes in and pulls him out, and he's like, oh, yeah, the coach pulls me out. Yeah, what do I have to do? I thought that was very telling. Michael's handled it very well. Obviously, they're running a storyline. He said that, you know, beknownst to us, when he came back to Gorilla, he had some words for Sean, and that carried into the room. And Sean's like, well, you know, I guess, you know, I've always said that, you know, I paid for certain things that I did in the past, hence my hair going. And now, you know, obviously I got to deal with brash guys that acted like me. I got to have to respect that because that's something I would have done, but I brought this on myself. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was very telling. And he did say that he liked Grayson Waller. So I think that there's a bigger storyline. We're going with Grayson Waller. And I like that. No, I definitely like that too. I mean, especially with how they're setting up for stand and deliver. I'm not sure who would be his, Grayson's opponent yet, but with Braun and Carmelo Hayes, especially that little say, ending. Well, I was going to say with the ending, I just wanted to bring up the Grayson yeah, yeah. part. But we got the ending, Braun standing on top of the cage, and out comes Carmelo Hayes to kind of look up. They looked at each other. I didn't like the moment because he was on the wrong corner. Yeah. I feel like Braun should have been on the corner closest to the entrance so we could have gotten a real kind of stare down. But I feel like at stand and deliver, we're going to have Carmelo Hayes versus Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. I think and new should happen. Oh, I do too. Because the future of this company, the future of this business, I do believe is Carmelo Hayes. I will say it, Melo don't miss. Mm. And on top of that, Melo is money. And I think he's proven that time and time again, so it would be a real travesty. The only reason I'd say not to make him champion is if you're going to bring him up on Raw or SmackDown after Mania to the main roster, because I think he's main roster ready as well. Oh, absolutely. I, unlike Braun Breaker, I, who I now have questions about, I think Carmelo Hayes is main roster ready now. So they might make that and pull that trigger. I don't know what they're going to be doing after Mania. That's usually when we see some changes go down. But I think you could put him in there. I think you could have him win an Intercontinental or United States Championship the first night up. Mm-hmm. And and some people out there are like, Gunther's hot, and why would you take the belt off him? I think Gunther's going to go on to bigger and better things. I think if you had a match where you know Carmelo Hayes sneaks out the victory against Gunther, I'm not saying dominant, because obviously not, and he becomes Intercontinental Champion, I'd be fine with it. Mm-hmm. Just like I'd be fine with him becoming United States Champion. Why? Because I think he has the talent, and I think that that's a good way to showcase somebody like him. I really do believe he's a future, and I do believe that he's a future WWE Champion. I'll, I'll go even, that far. I'll even give you another scenario. The rumor right now for WrestleMania is Austin Theory versus John Cena. That's just a rumor. Right, but, if, if, but let's play into the rumor here. So let's say Cena beats Theory night one of WrestleMania. Cena comes out night two and does his open challenge. What if it's Carmelo Hayes? I'd be behind that. Yeah. I, as long as he wins, I'd be behind yeah. it. Because obviously Cena's not going to stay around. He's got movies to do. But yeah, it's there's a lot of things going on in WrestleMania talk. Any final thoughts on NXT Vengeance Day 2023? No, I thought it was a very solid card. Uh, the end, the main event, uh, a little bit of a disappointment for me, but when you have such a hot opener as Wesley and Dijak, that offsets a lot. But I thought for it being a showcase first time on the road in a while, they did a great job. 
I thought this did way more favorably in the uh, poll you usually put up. Yeah. A lot of bees. A lot of bees. Of, you know, I, I guess it's only, and I'm saying this in the nicest way possible to some of our, the people who may even be listening. I guess the people only come out to vo- be boisterous against it if it's the main card. Mm. It's the main roster. Because, I, guys, you guys kind of voted real low for the Rumble, especially since a lot of the people involved in wrestling had that put up there as one of the best ones ever. Yeah. Ourselves included. So I was kind of like, I don't know why you guys are voting low, but I, I think the B is the right where the show was. It mm-hmm. was a better than average show. Uh, there was only a couple things that I really thought. I, like, I thought the women did amazing. I thought that Wesley and Dijak stole the show. Um, even though I, I said the women's match was the best match, I think they stole the show because mm-hmm. they weren't supposed to be the best match. Right. The women really showed up and showed out. Like I said, there was a little clunkiness, like you said, in about the first three minutes. But once they locked in, holy shit, that, that, that stories they were telling, what they were doing in the ring was was tremendous. I uh, can't say enough. Uh, the tag team match was super fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, we Whenever you have eight guys involved, it's hard to be the match of the night, but it was exciting, and that's what it needed to be. Gallus looked fucking amazing, as they should going forward as your NXT Tag Team Champions. I love the storylines coming out of the NXT Women's Tag Match. Mm-hmm. Like, the storyline is more important than even the match. The match was good. It's not like it was a bad match. But, man, that storyline is going to be cool to see going forward. And once again, the main event, in my opinion, kind of exposed Braun Breaker a little bit. Although, I think it, in, in disguise, and I think WWE's running with it, which I don't know if they had this. I think it's was planned before but if not and they changed the temp in the room because of what happened in the building i think grayson waller's stock just went up oh i do too and i think you're gonna see bigger things out of him i even think you might see a face run i think it i think what they might do here is uh one of those authority bits where maybe he's being held down by Shawn Mm. michaels and Shawn michaels is the man and now grayson waller has to keep stepping up obstacle after obstacle and he meets those obstacles i think that'd be a good way to maybe break that character into something different since like i said on the main roster we have logan paul and that's kind of who he was you know fashioned after right. if you will like before they ever had logan paul so i think that kind of hurt him a lot let's talk about that main roster for a minute let's end on some wwe talk outside of nxt talk so obviously met wrestlemania is around the corner of course we have elimination chamber first by the way every time i see the elimination chamber commercial i think glacier <laughs> i hope i'm not the only one no i'm and with you I'm, I'm with you not saying that it's a bad thing i just think glacier so with that of course we know elimination chamber is coming around the corner and we got another big piece of it on friday night for smackdown as we keep moving forward with the bloodline Sami Zayn uh business and I thought they did a great job, although I would have done some things different, but I think they did a great job. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about that in a second, what I would have done different, but I like the build throughout the night. Jey Uso is nowhere to be found. We find out that they have to defend those tag titles this upcoming Friday against Braun, or, or yeah, Braun Strowman and, of course, uh, Ricochet, yep. the unlikely duo who won the tag team tournament. I thought that was a cool audible to have them win, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be an interesting match. I don't know. Maybe they become SmackDown Tag Champions. I'm not surprised if they do. I don't think they will, but I think I wouldn't be surprised surprised i also want to be surprised if jay uso and i if i'm a betting man i keep jay uso off a of tv until the elimination chamber you just replace him with solo sokoa yep i agree which makes this match a little more interesting because then you got the big bulldozer and solo sokoa and you got the big braun strom and the monster of monsters and then you have two smaller guys even though let's be honest jimmy is bigger than in ricochet but it makes sense. Mm. I like the dynamic. Also, it keeps it going forward. I would really keep Jay off of TV. Although I also said I would have kept Sammy off of TV, which I still think was right thing to do because at the end of the night, you know, Roman sends, you know, Jimmy and Solo out to enjoy this wonderful spread that they put up on the bus that the wise man provided, which I thought was even weirder when Jimmy thanks the wise man and he gets the look from Roman. Yeah. Like there's like these cracks that are happening in the bloodline real time is fucking insane. 
So Roman comes to the ring. You get the normal Roman response. And, of course, he asks the crowd what he wants they, what he wants them to talk about. Of course, it's Sami Zayn. And I love how they set up the Cody roasting. And mind you, everybody's like, oh, they're not setting up anything. None of they were. If you were paying attention during the night, Roman Reigns said, I'm being pulled in two directions. This is the first time we've seen Superman not so super. Right. And this is the whole point. Sami Zayn and the and the fractures in the bloodline have distracted Roman for the first time. So now he's got this business that he has to take care of, whether it's what's going on with Jey Uso or Sami Zayn and taking care of that business. But on the other end, he knows that he has an opponent in the wings for WrestleMania, a capable opponent, as he points out during his, his segment in the ring, a capable and deserving opponent in Cody Rhodes. So now he's like, oh, and this is what I was talking about doing this story with if you remember last week after the mm-hmm. rumble, I said, this is one of the things that they need to establish. And they did. And when he comes out and he says, oh, you want me to talk about Sammy instead of talking about Cody who wins the rumble and is a deserving, deserving opponent for my championship. You want me to belittle myself. And I thought that was perfect. And of course, after cutting a little bit of a promo and giving his side of the story, Sammy Zayn attacks him. Mm-hmm. And the reason I didn't like this is because I didn't like the, the fact that it ends with Roman still beating down Sammy. And Roman makes the challenge for Elimination Chamber. And Roman looks strong as shit at the end of the day. I thought that that was a loss. I thought that was a loss momentum. Even though, yes, he got the one-ups on him for a minute, the fact that the other two come back and we end up with Bloodline beat down to Sammy Zayn, think it's a little overdone and I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that point. I didn't mind it as much just because I think there are time constraints for when the Elimination Chamber is to get that card set up. Well, it's simple, though. You have Sammy jump him, you have Roman chicken shit heal it out, and then you have Sammy make the challenge. End the show. There's no reason to have another beatdown. You've already now shown, because what you're doing now is you're just showing that Sammy Zayn is as weak as what everybody's portraying him to be. Well, see, the only reason I, th- I think otherwise, but this is just me about this. Okay. I think that they're trying to say, well, Jey Uso is going to come back earlier to help him. And kind of offset the odds because it took Jimmy and Solo to come out to help get the upper hand on Sammy because Sammy hit that spear uh, after the initial chair shot or uh, uh, jumping of him. So to do that, I think that that's why they kind of did that to tease that Jay would come back to help him build up a week where like Jay's on Sammy's side going into the rumble like he's going to have some or not the rumble i'm sorry the chamber but he's going to have some momentum and then jay does the ultimate heel turn costing him in the match at montreal i fully expect that to happen by the way that's yeah. why i said i don't want to see really jay until then i'm sure we'll get him before i'm sure you're right i think that's partially a mistake not completely yeah i yeah, think it's, it's partially a mistake because i think it's, it's more if he comes out and he looks like he's going to save the day before he turns i think that's a more moment because he's going to get the pop when he comes out yeah he's going to get the see a booze when he's done yeah and that's perfect to the story. And here's the thing. The, at the end of the day, talking about it, this has been one of the best storylines in wrestling. And, and I'll, I'll agree. There's a lot of people saying it's one of the best stories in wrestling history. I agree. It is. It's up mm-hmm. there. Here's the problem. The, the, the What I had to want to address is that the, the internet is doing the internet things. And, of course, we hear, well, they should call an audible. You know, I've heard everything from they should yeah. give him the belts at Elimination Chamber to Cody should step aside and let Sami Zayn have his spot, making Cody the ultimate good guy. Well, here's the problem with all of this. And and, and these are inconvenient truths. You know, we like to talk about inconvenient truths on, mm-hmm. on air. Here's an inconvenient truth. I love Sami Zayn. Always liked him. I've been watching him wrestle since he was fucking Al Generico. I've, I've, I've had the pleasure of being in a locker room with Sami Zayn. Very good dude. Very awesome guy. There's probably a handful of guys who work as hard as him in the wrestling business, and he deserves everything he gets. Mm -hmm. Just because you deserve something doesn't mean you get it, though. And I hear a lot of comparisons to Daniel Bryan. Not quite, though. 
Here's the problem I have. Daniel Bryan transcended wrestling, not just in a storyline, but Daniel Bryan was that beacon of hope. He was also, you know, a guy who you could make world champion. And they did multiple times Mm -hmm. and he did business other than the fact of him getting injured, you know, which kind of did suck and derail some things. Other than that, think about his title reigns, even his last title reign where he lost the belt to Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania 35. They were good title reigns. He understands that the crowd, there's something there. Yeah, And I'm not saying the crowd doesn't love them some Sami Zayn, but I fear that Sami is more Kofi Kingston mm-hmm. than he is Daniel Bryan. And here's what I mean by that. Daniel Bryan's yes movement was going on for a long time. Like, think about it. Before he ever before he ever wins, you know, the yes and the team hell no, all of that had been playing into the favor of Daniel Bryan for a couple years. Mm. And it culminated with them forcing his way into WrestleMania, which was the right thing to do, and winning the championships. And it didn't go away. The yes movement still exists. Look at AEW television. The crowd still chants yes. Yeah. That never went away. The problem that I see is that is Sammy popular because Sammy's going to stay popular or is Sammy popular because of this feud with the bloodline and everybody loves this story and I think it's the latter Mm. I honestly think that once you remove Sammy my biggest fear is this you do something like that you make Sammy champion and then the question becomes then what yeah then what you continue this feud well eventually the crowd's gonna get tired of this feud Mm. that's 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 per that it happens all the time don't sit at home and go no it's not gonna happen oh it's gonna fucking happen it's going to happen, but now the world title's involved. So then you just end up giving the belt back to Roman Reigns, yeah. right? Yeah. Because eventually, like I said, like with Kofi, think about it. Kofi was champion. We, I was there at WrestleMania 35 Live. I witnessed the pop. It was fucking amazing. One of the biggest moments I've ever been a part of. Two months later, those crowds were booing Kofi Kingston mm-hmm. and cheering the heel, the full-on heel of Randy Orton. Remember, they brought even brought in the storyline of the of the stupid, 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 what should have gotten him booed, but they were cheering on and, oh man, it's time to pull the trigger and give the belt to Orton because he's not championship material. That's what would happen with Sammy. You don't believe me? If they pull that trigger, I promise that's what's going to happen and I'm going to sit back and be the guy that has to be like, I told you that's going to happen. Well, let's think about it. Pre-Bloodline, Sammy had been featured in multiple storylines, even did the one with the guys from Jackass. Right, which was received well at Mania, but that was it. Right. But where was the crowd then? The crowd jumped on him when he got into the storyline with Roman because he's excelled at it and taken into a higher place than it should have even gone. It was supposed to be shorter from what everybody says. Yeah. And the fact that the uh, feeling oozy and everything came out of it, they made money. That's what the whole point was. Right. So that would be the situation, okay, if you give him the belts, okay, where does he go after here? Because he can't fight Roman forever. So would the fans turn on him? And I fully agree with that. I think the, I think the Kofi comparison is right on the money. That I think that it's a feel-good moment, sure, to see a, a guy that the fans have been behind and really get to that moment to win is great, but where do you go after that? And he's even kind of alluded to that, you know, from... In interviews, he's alluded yeah. to that. Well, here's my my biggest thing, because the one argument that I hear, the, the buffering as well, then he drops about the Gunther at, at SummerSlam. Okay, cool. Well, here's the problem. Here's the biggest problem that nobody wants to talk about. Right now, there's a storyline going on that transcends World Wrestling Entertainment. It transcends just this company. It's a wrestling story, and that is Cody Rhodes. Mm. And the fact of the matter is, no matter what, how much people want to downplay it, and by the way, I, I love this this thing that people are going to boo Cody. Um, they said that at the Rumble. If, yeah. if Sammy didn't win, he was going to get booed. I don't know. That was a hell of a pop for a guy that we knew was going to win the Rumble. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everybody knew he was going to fucking win, but yet there was a hell of a pop for him to win. Yeah. What did we see all over social media? Finish the story. Hashtag finish the story. Finish the story. Wrestlers from other companies. Wrestlers from everywhere. Wrestling fans from everywhere. Finish the story. What story do you think they're 
they're talking about. They weren't talking about the Rumble. They were talking about going to Mania and winning the title. The story that, that we remember that we're telling with Cody Rhodes at the end of the day, and honestly, and I'm not saying that I, I'm I'm not happy that he got injured, but the injury actually helped him yeah. because they would have had to try to manufacture, uh, you know, six, seven months of him you know, riding that wave to try to, you know, make him like the the, ba- the 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 underdog, if you will, to win the Rumble. Whereas because he was off injured, his comeback was a guaranteed ah moment. You yeah. know what I mean? So the legend build through that. Which, so I guess it was a lucky break, but I mean, nobody, I don't ever want to see anybody injured. Right. So I'm not, don't take that away from mm. it. I'm just saying that they kind of got lucky in that aspect because they didn't have to figure out a way. Who knows? It might have stumbled and bumbled with Sammy. We might have been having a different discussion if the injury doesn't happen. But because the injury happened, the crowd was still invested. Because what's the story? The story is the same story that they started even in AEW. And I, I love how there's some people out there that are not acknowledging. No, no, no. They're not saying it by name, but they are saying he was out Elsewhere. They are saying that he made a name for himself elsewhere. They are saying he came back. They're playing the prodigal son perfectly for him coming back. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is the story is still the same. And it's a story that AEW dropped the ball on. What has he never done? What is Dusty? You know, he wants to step out. He wants to, you know, as well as he wants to honor his father, he wants to step out of the shadow of the American dream. That's why he's the American nightmare, because he's not the same. He doesn't want to be his father. Although he wants to honor his father, he doesn't want to be Dusty. So how do you do that? Well, honoring my father. It's simple. I win the belt that he never could. I become WWE champion. He could never become WWE champion. So if he can never become WWE champion and he never did it, that means I can honor my father by winning the belt that he never won. Just like when he won the NWA title, a belt his father did win. He honored him there. I honor him because I win the belt. But then I won up him because I win the belt he couldn't. Mm. On top of that, the story had to go through the Royal Rumble. Because what did his brother and his father never do? They never won a Royal Rumble. They never punched the ticket, as we keep hearing. I punched my ticket to the main event of WrestleMania, something that no one in my family's ever done. So once again, separating himself. Well, I'm paying honor to my brother and my father, who I love dearly. I'm proving that I am my own man, Mm -hmm. that I am the first Cody Rhodes. I don't have to be the son of the American dream. I can be the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes and stand on my own. So that story brings us to WrestleMania, where the story is you're going to go up against the greatest champion. You know, you could argue an old school, like, because I, I argue this. I'll say this. He's the greatest because of record for the gen- this generation. I will go as far as saying I don't care about all that. I think because we're in a society where he shouldn't have carried the titles that long. Bruno being champion for a long time, that's fine. But back then, that was expected. Mm. This is not. The fact of the matter is, Roman's the greatest champion in the history of professional wrestling, in my opinion, as far as one title run goes. I'm not talking about multiple runs and the flares and, and, and all that. We're talking one title run. I, you can't convince me this is not the greatest title run of all time. The man has not been pinned or submitted in three plus years. The man has been fucking the universal champion for over two and a half years at this point. If he could go another 140 days, it would be three full years as universal champion. He's held both titles for a full year when it hits WrestleMania. Yeah. So this man is is the unstoppable. This is, in Rocky terms, this is Ivan Drago. Mm-hmm. This is the mountain that you can't conquer. And you're going to take this white meat baby face, this kid who is the son of one of the most legendary wrestlers of all time, who has, a, has something to prove to not only his family, but himself. And he's going to go out there with all the support because trust me, there's no way. I love a lukewarm response. I heard that from somebody. There's no lukewarm response. Have you heard the responses for Cody? Cody gets fucking cheers just as loud as Sammy does. Mm. I hate to tell you guys. I hate to tell you. Here's the thing. Cody Rhodes 
is going to come out there at Mania, and he's going to have a level deck because once again, that bloodline storyline is not going to be over. We're fully anticipating KO and and Sammy versus the Usos, which takes them out of the picture possibly. Also, I feel like they're like I said before, they're going to even the numbers, so it's going to eventually end up being Cody versus Warman one on one, a position that we haven't seen with the cracks in the bloodline and everything going on. So it's a Roman that's not completely confident, but he's still Roman fucking reigns, but he's going to have to go out there and do it one on one. And then the storybook moment happens. We have Cody Rhodes win the big belt on the big night. Something his dad never did. Main mm. eventing a WrestleMania. And then once again, when I go with then, then we have a lot of places we can go with it. He can be the good guy and split the belts by saying, I'm going to give up one of the belts and I'm just going to keep this belt. Then we can hit, get matches like Cody versus Gunther if you want to at SummerSlam. What you built that storyline at the Rumble. Right. You can get all these interesting matches. You can do Cody versus you know Bobby Lashley, another unsurmountable mountain. You know, you're going to get to do that with him. There's a lot of things because people accept Cody Rhodes as a champion. And I hate to say it. I love Sami Zayn, and I would have no problems with him being a champion. It's just I don't feel like the universe is going to accept him as a champion. And if you say I'm wrong, look at Kofi Kingston. Mm. It's We've seen this playbook. Because you can't tell me that the Kofi mania wasn't the exact same fever pitch. But after he, he after he conquered the mountain, after two, with uh, the day he did it, the timer was on. Yeah. And by two months later, the crowd wanted nothing to do with him. And they wanted him to drive the belt. The only time they got offended was the uh, way he dropped it to Brock Lesnar. That's more or less because mm. they didn't want Brock Lesnar winning. Had nothing to do with Kofi. Because yeah. they were ready for him the, the week before at SummerSlam to drop the belt to Orton. Mm. They were mad when it didn't happen. Remember, they booed Kofi. Yeah. So don't tell me that this is going to be different. It's not. It's not, and that's why we just got to sit back as fans and enjoy what's going to happen in Montreal. Because, I mean, that moment we see Kevin and Sammy reunite in front of the home crowd is going to be one of the loudest pops you've ever heard. And that sets up for a Mania match that's going to be a big memory match that you're going to be sitting there and watch the video vignettes start rolling in for that. And that's tipping off one of the best storylines they've had going. And then you think about the Roman. And, yeah, you know, the more you start talking about him and the title run, I mean, you have to say it's it's arguably the greatest of all time because we, as in fans now, have not seen somebody hold a belt this long in years. So and convincingly, yeah, and convincingly, there's nobody bitching about it. Yeah, like, that's the weird part. Nobody's like, "Oh man, he's held it too long." Yeah, nobody's saying it's been far too long. You, you know, should have moved it. You know, x amount of months ago. No, like Roman has taken this whole storyline and elevated it to where, yeah, if he beats Cody, as weird as it sounds, I don't think fans would be that mad. Well, think about this. Any other time they've joined those two belts since the belt splits, they've been like, "I don't think he needs two belts." Ain't nobody said that about Roman. Yeah. Not one person's been like, you know, this whole two belt. I mean, people are like, we should split them up. But then the, then the instant answer after this, but how do we do without hurting Roman? Yeah. You hear fans talk about it, You hear commentators. Everybody always says that second part. Oh, I'd like the, I'd like the belt split apart. But how do you do it without yeah. hurting Roman? And you just go, holy shit. This guy's over. He's, it's everything everybody said. When Kenny Omega says that Roman Reigns is the number one act in wrestling, when Cody Rhodes says that, that it's not even close, he's the best wrestler in the world, mm. there's a reason these guys say it because they understand the temp in the room. This, even though the people want to hate on it and some of you might want to hate on it, it's true. It's just fucking true. Yeah. But my point is is that with, to go for that one gigantic pop for Sami Zayn to then end up with uh, then what? Because trust me, it's going to happen. Mm. Over and then throw away completely the storyline that transcends WWE, yeah. that actually touches on AEW, that touches on global wrestling and indie wrestling. This whole the birth of you got to remember Cody Rhodes, son of a legendary wrestler, 
kind of failed out of WWE in a way. Although I say failed out because his first run wasn't spectacular. He had some championship wins, minor titles, but he thought of himself as a main event. Bet on himself, took the fucking, he didn't really get released. His just contract expired. Goes out to the indies. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to remember, he went to the indies first before going to Ring of Honor right. in New Japan. Created the American Nightmare gimmick. And built it and built it and built it. So we had a crescendo at all in where he has this emotional time when he defeats the the unbeatable champion. Ha, sound mm. familiar? And Nick Aldis for the NWA world title, proving that in honor of Dusty Rhodes, his dad, the belt, his dad, one of the belts that his dad made famous, he could win that belt. So now, now he goes on, he creates AEW. Whether people want to remember that or not, mm-hmm. he's a creator of that company. He goes to that company, and hey, when Cody was running the book in the back, I'm sorry, it was a lot better. Facts. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with you there. I don't care if Dave Meltzer is trying to say that Tony Khan's the smartest man in wrestling. Does not matter. I think as far as it goes, we can all say that when Cody Rhodes was booking AEW, it was a lot better. Mm-hmm. Just throwing it out there. You I can agree. agree. And if you don't agree with me, we can agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. However, he then leaves. Once again, very classy. Doesn't say why. We know there was problems. Doesn't say why, though. Leaves, comes home to WWE. Now, you know, the other company, Tony Khan, let's be honest, didn't think he was a main eventer. He was always looking at CM Punk and all these other guys, and no, 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 Cody's not a main eventer. But, man, that pop at WrestleMania proved that wrong to the world. Mm-hmm. And now the realization that for some reason Cody can tune into the crowd and the crowd tunes into him. That's why to, for somebody to say he's going to get a lukewarm response, that's fucking insane. Yeah. First of all, anybody who beats Roman is going to get a fucking pop. Mm-hmm. Secondly, if it's Cody, the crowd is invested in Cody. They're invested in his father. They're invested in his family. They, that is a moment. Remember where you were in All In. For those of us who, who watched All mm-hmm. In, remember where you were and you got the goosebumps when he got the one, two, three to beat Nick Aldis. I guarantee it'll be the same thing. If you don't think so, that's fine. But I'm just telling you, it's going to be the same and you're going to watch. You're going to be like, just like everybody else when it happens and go, well, that wasn't lukewarm. So yeah, do I think a Sammy pop in, in, in Montreal will be louder? Probably. Probably. It's his hometown. If he wins, that would be a huge pop. But do you sacrifice that pop for telling the story because the only other option is you have Sammy win then Sammy drops the belt to Cody but in that case now you're taking away the big match feel yeah so now Sammy Sammy main events Wrestlemania with a month's notice against Cody Rhodes and Cody Rhodes just takes the belt off him now you might get a conv- conv- convoluted response yeah. because you know what it's not even people mad that he beat Sammy it's going to be people mad that this it makes no fucking sense mm-hmm. the storyline is built in once again, after this storyline, we continue to have Bloodline versus Sammy until it's over. You could squeeze, I've, I even said it last time, you could squeeze another year up until War Games out of this, I believe, especially if you have Roman leave, because obviously after he loses, he should leave for a while. Yeah, He's got to go back and find, figure out what the fuck is going on, how it went wrong, mm-hmm. and come back stronger. That's the way to do it. It's perfect. It writes itself. But once again, if the WWE listens, I don't know. I, I don't think they will, though. I think we're going to get... The dream ending. Yeah, they're going to stay the course. Because they should. Because I think that Triple H is doing the same thing I am. And I know we've worked on this too long and I'm going to be finished it up. But I think it's going to, I just want to ask everybody. When you think about Sami Zayn as the champion, the question is then what? Mm. And it's not he could face anybody because anybody could face anybody. But then what? Then what? What's going to happen? And I'm telling you, the prototype for that is not Daniel Bryan. Yeah. The prototype for that is once that feud with the bloodlines over, because then what do you could as with him as the champion, the ultimate goal would have to be to drop it back to Roman. That's the ultimate goal. Roman doesn't really need the belt at that point, but what are you going to do? 
Because that's the only storyline they care about, but people will stop caring about that after a while. Mm-hmm. You know, the only other option would be to drop it to Jey Uso. But then we're just passing it to one to another to pass it to somebody else. And then you're still cheapening out at the cost of cheapening out the fucking story of Cody Rhodes. You ruin it completely. Yeah. I don't know if I'm willing to do that. And who knows what's going to happen, but I, I don't know. That's why it keeps asking. Are you guys willing to risk one of the greatest storylines of, you know, stories, period? Not even storyline. It's a story. It's an epic of a family that's uh, one of the, you know, wrestling has many royal families. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to risk that over this this flash in the pan hot? You know, and I agree. It's one of the hottest storylines of all time. But when this angle ends, where do we go? Yeah. What do we do? We know where we can go with the one, and it completes a great story once again. Finish the story trended worldwide. You're telling me that it trended just because wrestlers tweeted it? No, it trended because fans tweeted mm-hmm. it. People want to see the story of Cody Rhodes. So don't give me the, you know, is it going to be as loud of a pop if, if, if in Sammy in Montreal? No, because it's your hometown. That crowd's going to go ballistic if he was to win the title there. But what do you do then? Yeah. That's my question. What do you do then? That's all I have to ask. Well, that's going to do it for the opening contest of this program. We're going to take our only break of the show. When we come back, we're going to hit that indie roundup. We got a few shows that went down this past week to uh, review and give you clarification. And then we have to talk about Game Changer Wrestling's J-Cup. Huge tournament going down this upcoming weekend. All that and more after this break. Oh, yeah, Ken M. Let him know. That's right. This music can only mean one thing. It is time for, well, usually this is the mid-card, but it's also the indie roundup music because this week we're only doing two segments. So it is time for the indie roundup brought to you by our good friends over at Fight.TV. More importantly, Fight Plus. For $4.99 a month, you get a ton of great wrestling action. And on top of that great wrestling action, you can also get uh, slap fighting, you get kickboxing, you get boxing, you get MMA, you get rugby. There's a list of things that you get, but we are mostly there for wrestling because the pro wrestling action is so amazing for $4.99. Hell, we got three huge shows to talk about from this week. We got a huge GCW show next week. We got GCW shows after that. And that's not even getting to the point that we have the collective coming around mm-hmm. the corner. You know, the collective used to cost like $160. Yeah. Yes. order for the weekend i'm not bullshitting you get it all for 4.99 so i think it's the best deal in pro wrestling today you can't argue that for the amount of pro wrestling content alone let then factor in everything else they're throwing fight plus is the best deal to have in your streaming service you need to drop that five dollars a month you'll be a lot happier if you do and i know you're saying rich 
You're just saying that because, you know, they're sponsoring. No, I'm saying that because I'm happier in pigs and shit with their service. Yes. That is the real reason why I say all of this. And on top of that, I'll tell you what, I'm enjoying watching wrestling. And also, this show has become the beneficial to the fact that we call it right down the middle. We call it how we see it. Whether it's the inconvenient truth, whether it's, you know, facts, whether it's whatever, we're, we've never been as shy. I mean, we spent a whole time talking about what most wrestling fans would make their heads explode. But sorry, it's just what it is. And then, you know, we give you try to give you the happier side of pro wrestling. Well, the happier side of that is watching and expanding your knowledge of pro wrestling and that is some great fucking cards if you're unhappy with what you see on mondays and fridays and tuesdays and wednesdays maybe it's time to check out some indies Mm -hmm. maybe it's time to check out gcw maybe it's time to check out pro wrestling revolver maybe it's time to check out aiw and so much more we're going to talk about all those right now so Make sure, and also four ninety nine doesn't break the bank. Also, while you're at it, listen. This will prove that we're not just because we're not sponsored by IWTV, but IndependentWrestling.tv also has great product for nine ninety nine. A little more expensive, but they also have great products. This mm-hmm. past week, there was an amazing, an amazing West Coast Pro show. If you're not familiar with West Coast Pro, if you like PWG or AEW, that is the kind of brand that you would like to watch. Maybe you want to check that out. They also have other great programming on their service. I have both. Uh, we didn't really preview it last week, so I'm not gonna jump. But I'll tell you this all elite nick wayne the young goat Yo. challenging titus alexander for the world title it ended in a little smodge pot so now we know the next event we're going to get that match ran back yes so we get to see nick wayne versus titus alexander for the west coast pro championship one more time that's worth the price of admission i'll tell you what the whole show was amazing unfortunately like i said we did not preview it last week so we're not going to go through and review it completely but may I, I will rectify that and make sure the unfortunate part is iwtv usually sends me an email about what's coming on after we do the show mm. fight tv i have all the information so that is really where it is so i just need to be better about that and that's on me but west coast pro over there so see i'll play it also while you're at it hey wrestle universe is great if you want to watch pro wrestling noah and japanese wrestling a lot of great joshi stuff also njpwworld.com 999 yen you can watch all that new japan action hey i'm across the board folks i'm across the board so let's talk about what we have to talk about here though let's review some cards that we previewed last week and then preview the gcw show before we leave are you ready ken i can't wait to talk about this let's go all right so first up we have the the card that went down on thursday february 2nd from the calumet center at montgomery county fairgrounds in dayton ohio that is pro wrestling revolver as they presented a night at the moxbury hosted by John Moxley. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about the card. The uh, The opening contest was a singles contest where Evil Uno of the Dark Order defeated Jake Chris in a first-ever time meeting four minutes and 50 seconds. A little fun opener. Very good opener. Then we had a match that got two minutes and five seconds, and it was two minutes and five seconds too long. Marina Shafir defeated Blair Onyx. There is no saving Marina Shafir. Next. Uh, six-way scramble match. Remember, this was Speedball Mike Bailey's open challenge. At the end of the day, Speedball Mike Bailey did get the win as he defeated Gringo Loco, Jared Diaz, Jessica. That's with an S and S. It's with a C and a K because she's sick. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I love that gimmick, by the way. Madman Fulton and Tyler Matrix. Uh, 14 minutes and 13 seconds. This was a hell of a scramble match. Amazing scramble match. This match was worth the price of four ninety nine or more. Yes. Next up in a pure rules match, the belt was not online, but a pre- pure rules match nonetheless. Wheeler Yuta, your ROH pure champion, AEW superstar, defeated JT Dunn, the leader of the unit. He had alley catch and Phil Stamper scored twelve minutes and thirty one seconds. This was a great match. I, I always remember why JT Dunn is a hell of a wrestler. I'll be honest, I was actually really surprised how good this match was. It was tremendously good. And I also like the heel move at the end. At the end of the match, Willer Yuda goes to show respect to shake JT Dunn's hand. JT Dunn refuses. He made Alley Cat shake his hand. Yes. 
<laughs> so I good. thought it was great. Uh, next up for the uh, Revolver Championship in a no disqualification match, your champion Steve Macklin defending the belt against Crash Jackson, who hasn't been beat in Revolver. Mm. This match got nine minutes and thirty three seconds at the end of the day, and still your Revolver champion Steve Macklin as he does the impossible. A little bit of respect there. It was two meaty men slapping meat for sure. Really love this match. Next, we had the PWR Pro Wrestling Revolver Tag Team Championships on the line. Your champions, Dad Scout, Dan the Dad, and J- uh, Jake Manning. That would be uh, the Scout, Jake Manning, taking on the bu- 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 Bullet Club. Ace Austin and Chris Bay with Gia Miller in their corner at the end of this. At the end of the day, twelve minutes and thirty-five seconds. And your new Pro Wrestling Revolver Tag Team Champions, the Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay. I was super excited and stoked for this. I mean, I love Dad Scout, but the Bullet Club is fired on all other symbols. By the way, little respect after the match, some handshakes and some two sweets. About damn time. I marked out for this match. I was so happy with the ending. Next match up, our, our good friend Space Jesus Billy Starks defeated Alley Catch. Nine minutes and 49 seconds. Uh, Billy Starks getting a great victory. Earlier in the night, she came out to Blair Onyx. At the end of the match, Marina Shafir jumps her. Uh, so we're going to get another Billy Starks versus Marina Shafir match. I feel bad for Billy. Yeah. Next up was the PWR Remix title, and also, allegedly, the Prestige title was going to be on the line, but then Alex Shelley, in the classic heel move, said, I ain't defending my Prestige Championship. Rich Swan doesn't deserve it. Yeah. So, the Remix Championship always has a stipulation. The champion gets to pick the stipulation. Alex Shelley has the greatest gimmick going on. This is the second month in a row he's defended the belt. This is the second month in a row he's asked his opponent, if you could pick the match, what would you pick? We'll do that. And of course, after after uh, Rich Swan picks a uh, Falls Count Anywhere match, uh, Alex Shelley goes, you know, that doesn't work for me. So I'm going to go with my good friends Nick and Matt Jackson. We're going to do a super kick party match. So the only way to win the match is after a super kick. Yeah. <laughs> I Ingenious. Just it, I just think it's funny that he keeps killing out. He's like, that's a great idea for next time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, Alex Shelley would defeat Rich Swan in 15 minutes and 26 seconds to remain your PWR remix champion. And then we had the main event of the evening. <laughs> and I know disqualification six man tag team match. And this match was worth the fucking price of admission and more. The Rascals. Myron Reed, Trey Miguel, and Zachary Wentz defeated the second gear crew team of One Call Manders, the uh, Southern Psychopath Mance Warner, and Matthew fucking Justice. 21 minutes and 5 seconds. This match got brutal. There was a scaffold. Yeah. There was there was a part of the ring that was pulled up that you could see the boards. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it was fucking insane. We knew this was going to be a wild match. They took it to a whole different level. Incredible main event, but goddamn. I, it was it was just wow. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say is fucking wow. It's worth going back to watch if you haven't seen it. Uh, now Friday night, uh, February uh, the 3rd, we had House of Glory coming to you from the NYC Arena in Queens, New York City, uh, presenting the beginning. Uh, the opening contest was for the House of Glory Tag Team Championships. And uh, the main event, your champions, Jay Lyon and Mice Black, who took the belt off of the Briscoes at the last show, mm-hmm. uh, defeated the Bookers, Amazing Red and BXL in 10 minutes and 3 seconds. Great opening match. Yes, fantastic. And one of my favorites of the night. Next up, the uh, HOG Cruiserweight title was on the line. Uh, Mighty Monte defending his title against Nolo Katano. This match got 7 minutes and 36 seconds. At the end of the day, Mighty Monte once again defeats Nolo Katano. I'm kind of at a level where I don't need to see this match again. Nothing against these two young gentlemen, but it's feeling stale that we've seen this like three events in a row. I can see that. Uh, I think we got to move on. 
Uh, the next one up was the Halls of Glory women's title match. Your champion, the Ultra Violetta, took on Viva Van coming over from the West Coast. Mm-hmm. This match got 11 minutes and 12 seconds at the end of the day. And still your HOG women's champion, the Ultra Violetta. This was a great match. It was a very good match. This is one of my favorites of the night. This could have been my favorite of the night, uh, except for there was one match that I liked better later in the night. So next up on the card, we had the uh, House of Glory Cruiserweight title number one contendership six-way scramble. They've done this before. (laughs) Before Seb. So we got five people announced and there was a TBA. So, you know, Encore's in the match. Darren Richardson's in the match. Ichiban's in the match. Raheem Royale and Smiley are all in the match. And then we get the surprise entrant. Ladies and gentlemen, returning to House of Glory, Leo Rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, great match at the end of the day. Encore wins and is your number one contender for the House of Glory Cruiserweight title. So we're going to get a different title. I was waiting for Nolo Catano to add himself in the match like he did last time. Yeah, but... Thankfully, we didn't get that. Next up, in a match that I was not thrilled about, but then again, I wasn't thrilled about this angle because it robbed us of an ending of the match last event. Low-key defeated Detective James with Detective Scarlet Median in its corner, 9 minutes and 57 seconds. I don't understand the storyline to have the no finish with Kenton last month in a dream match, well, a return dream match. Yeah, reasons. Uh, Here's the one that I uh, enjoyed the most of the night. For the House of Glory crown jewel match, your champion, the root of all evil, Charles Mason. Was he going to finally get his upcomings? Because guess what? They went out and hired a bounty hunter. And not only about the bounty the hunter. The bounty hunter. Brian Keith. This match, 17 minutes and 42 seconds at the end of the day. And still your House of Glory crown jewel champion, Charles Mason. A little, uh, little help there. However... It was a good match. Damn good match. We always forget how good Charles Mason is. And yeah. Brian Keith is next level. Oh, Brian Keith is amazing. Yeah, this match really lived up to a main event stat, you know, stature as we had it. Well, we have the main event of the evening, which was last for the House of Glory Heavyweight mm-hmm. Championship of the World. Your champion, the Samoan Werewolf, Jacob Fatu, taking on JTG. This was the match that we thought was going to be good, and it was. 12 minutes and one second at the end of the day, and still your House of Glory World Champion, Jacob Fatu, looking at big things. Hopefully he gets signed because he deserves to be. Oh, absolutely not. Great main event. Like I say, co-main events in my eyes, but still great, you know, a solid card overall with those main events. Well, my favorite. Now, mind you, I loved the Pro Wrestling Revolver show. I really liked uh, the House of Glory show. My favorite event happened on Saturday, though, and it's from our good friends at AIW Absolute Intense Wrestling. They uh, had the event join the swarm going down from the Tadmore Shrine in Akron, Ohio. This this rundown is great. They did have a pre-show match that we did not get to see. They are going to be starting to do this more often, and they're going to be available on YouTube eventually. Uh, Jocelyn Navarro and members only, Calvin G. Lewis and Malcolm Cambers, defeated Austin James and H2V2, Hendricks Hawkins and Vic Vice in the pre-show match. So that's awesome. Great young talent got showcased, and I heard it was a great match, a great way to get the live crowd amped up. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the, crowd, the first match we did get to see, and it was a tag team match. The team of Money Shot, Elijah Dean and Zach Nystrom continued their undefeated streak in AIW as they defeated the Bang Bros, August Matthews and Davey Bang, eight minutes and 26 seconds. It looked like the Bang Bros were going to get their first win in AIW, but Money Shot cut them off. By the way, how great is it that the first opening contest was between Money Shot (laughs) and the Bang Bros? Ingenious. Ingenious. Next up, uh, the young man Shaw Mason, who has been uh, came out of the school and has been uh, has been impressing a lot of people. He did get the re- the win over Pretty Boy Smooth. PB Smooth did lose seven minutes and nine seconds, but it was by disqualification. PB Smooth not too happy. Beat the hell out of that boy after yeah. the match. Uh, so welcome to the big time Shaw Mason. 
Next, we had two. We had a young man, but these two guys are big, beefy men that beat the shit out of each other, and I love this match. Isaiah Bronner defeated Sam Hardway Holloway seven minutes and two seconds. And I'll tell you what, if you weren't a believer in the young man Sam Holloway before, he hung in there with mm-hmm. Isaiah Bronner, and Bronner gave him his respect afterwards. Next up on the list, when right before intermission, we had the Akron Street Fight, which all, was also fans bring the weapons, I might want to add. The Philly Marino experience, uh, Marino Taginelli and Philly Collins defeated Euthanasia, Josh Prohibition, and Matt Cross, 14 minutes and 27 seconds, after handcuffing them and beating them with a kendo stick. Yeah, heard about this. After the match, though. There was a storm into the backstage. Josh Prohibition said that he wanted Philly Collins in a match. Philly Collins said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a match. However, you got to put your worthless career on the line so I can end it in front of your wife and your kids because you're worthless. Man, it was a hell of a... It was really tense. Uh, Of course... Uh, the response from Josh Prohibition is, okay, you're on, but you got to put something on too. If When I win this match, me and Matt Cross get you two in a steel cage. So... If they win, we get a steel cage, euthanasia versus PME, or we get the end of Josh Prohibition's career. We'll find out soon enough at the next event. After intermission, we got uh, a great match between the bone collector, Dominic Greeny, as he defeated the Pride City OG, Alec Price, 13 minutes and 10 seconds. This was a great match. Ended with a top rope super uh, muscle buster from Greeny. What? Yeah. Top rope. Muscle Buster from Greeny. Super Muscle Buster. Jesus. Finishes this match. That's wild. Next up, the AIW Tag Team titles are on the line. Your champions, the Bitcoin Boys, Eric Taylor and Mikey Montgomery with the Duke in their corner defending the titles against the former champions, Balkan Seizing, Arthur MacArthur and Chuck Stone. Uh, Mikey Montgomery came out with a shoulder injury. The whole match had a shoulder injury. Hmm. It looks like the Bitcoin boys were going to be, but 12 minutes and 9 seconds, and still the AIW Tag Team Champions of the World, the Bitcoin boys, by hook or by crook. They did a good job, and they won the match. Although, Mikey Montgomery looked like he was going to get picked off because of how damaged his shoulder was. Hmm. Next up, for the AIW Intense title, we had a four-way match. Your champion going in, uh, Derek Dillinger with Ziggy Heim, uh, was defending the title against... Our boy from the Rip City Shooters, Wes Barkley. The bad boy, Joey Janela, and the star of the show, Paul London. Mm. By the way, he sang himself to the ring opera style. Yes, Paul really? London was singing opera music. Yes, I should you not. At the end of the day, this match got 19 minutes and 9 seconds. It was my favorite match of the night. N- just edged out the main event, by the way, which we'll talk about in a second. 19 minutes and 9 seconds at the end of the day. AID- and still your AIW intense champion, Derek Dillinger, doing big things out there. Belt still in the possession of the director. That brings us to the main event, which is my second favorite match of the night and like literally the slimmest of margins. For the AIW Absolute Championship, your champion, our other pal from the Rip City Shooters, Joshua Bishop, defending his title against a former champion, a man who has held gold all over the world, a man who's a former UFC uh, competitor as well, mm. and we love him as well. Filthy Tom Lawler. This match was fucking fantastic and one of the greatest things I've seen in the ring. Let's just point it this way. The match started off with the ring as normal. Uh, Filthy Tom came out. He had his tuxedo shirt on. He had these tights with a tuxedo uh, over his crotch area as well. He took off the tuxedo shirt, went into his coat pockets, and put on his MMA gloves. 
And then it proceeded to be a fucking fight. At some point in this match, the ropes came down. At some point in this match, the mat came up, all the padding came up, and all of a sudden we have no ropes and we're wrestling on the the plywood and metal. <laughs> and then if that wasn't enough, some of the plywood came up, so there was just metal. Yeah. <laughs> This is what you need to see this one to believe it. This match went 32 minutes and 20 seconds, by the 32? way. 32? 32 minutes and 20 seconds. At the end of the day, and you're still your AIW absolute champion, Joshua Bishop, by the slimmest of hairs. This is a tremendous match. You need to go out of your way to see this one. At the end of the match, though, PME came out, and they had their, their boy, Broski, Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona, whatever you want to call him, because remember, he now owns the trademark to mm. Zack Ryder, on the phone from the Jericho Cruise, and he said that he's going to come and fight Joshua Bishop. However, Isaiah Bronner, not a big fan of that, as he came out, took the phone, told uh, Cardona to fuck off, pretty much, <laughs> and then uh, proceeded to bitch slap PME, and then we had a good stare down at the end of the show between Isaiah Bronner and Joshua Bishop, which I think is setting up a beautiful AIW absolute title match. I'll be down for that. I, I'm so mad I missed uh, the second half of this card because uh, I had a prior obligation. But, man, this sounds like an amazing card. It's a strong Banger. finish. Yeah. Banger. My favorite card of the weekend. And that's not saying that the other ones weren't great. This right, right, right. my favorite card of the weekend. Well, that's going to bring us to previewing this upcoming weekend. There's only one show going down this upcoming weekend. Technically, it's two shows in the same day because GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, in partnership with their uh, developmental brand, if you will, Jersey Championship Wrestling, is putting on a tournament, the Jersey J-Cup, going down this upcoming Saturday. Round one begins at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and round two starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so both of the events are on the same day. Of course, all that we know is coming from the White Eagle Club in Jersey City, so there's that. All we know is the first round matches because obviously that'll be on the first show and the second show will be everything else because you have to advance in this tournament. Hmm. Are you ready to hear the matches for the first round of the J-Cup going down this Saturday on Fight Plus? I'm super excited to talk about this, man. Let's go. So let's start with uh, one of the matches is a scramble match. Six-person scramble match to be exact. Uh, the participants in this will be Dante Leone. Okay. The king of wreck shit mountain, Cole Radrick. All right. Jack Cartwheel. Ooh, okay. The young prodigy, Marcus Mathers. Ooh. Our homeboy, Yoya. Uh. And last but not least, Dylan McKay will round out the scramble match. The winner will move on to the next round. Ooh, that's a that's a tough field to call, man. That's a great match. My pick in this match, I am actually going to go out of my way and say that Marcus Mathers moves on. I'm going to say Dante Leon. All right. Good, good picks. Uh, next up. We have a match between... This is a match that actually happened during the PWG Battle of Los Angeles. We're getting in the first round, though, as Speedball Mike Bailey goes one-on-one -on -one with Jonathan Gresham. I can't believe this is first round. I really can't, but, man, this is probably going to be match of the weekend. This is the first round. One of these guys goes yeah. on. One of these guys does not. Yeah. Next up, we have a Lucha, Lucha, Lucha match as Commander returns to GCW, and he goes one-on-one -on -one with Arez in the first round. Ooh. Ooh. See, I, I didn't mention it before. I got Speedball Mike Bailey winning the first-round match there against Gresham. I, I got Commander here in the second round. Although I love Arez, I got Commander. I'm going to say Commander, too. Um, I'll say in the first match, I'm going to say Gresham in the upset. I don't want to say upset, though, because both those guys are amazing. You want to talk about an awesome first-round match? Alex Shelley goes one-on-one -on -one with the East Coast ace, Jordan Oliver. Oh, ho, ho, ho. 
This is going to be a phenomenal match. Ah. Last tournament Jordan Oliver was in was the Acid Cup, and he won the whole damn thing. That was a couple years ago, granted, but he won the whole damn thing. I'm going with Jordan Oliver moving on to the second round. That's right. That's my homie. I'm with you. I'm with you there, too. Next up, we got 607 TWS's resident badass and asshole, Tony Deppin. But he's got his workout cut out for him because he's going one-on-one -on -one with Leo Rush. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> you want to break that down? <laughs> Tony Deppin, technical know-how. He's definitely going to want to keep this grounded as much as possible. Leo Rush is going to be flying all over the ring. He is phenomenal in his own right, too. Clashing of styles. I'm going to have to go. I, I can't go away from home team. I got to take Tony Duffin. I'm actually picking Leo Rush in the first round. Okay. The, in the upset. In the upset. Next up, the, uh, two guys who were teammates not that long ago. Going to go one-on-one. -on -one. The bad boy Joey Janela takes on star boy Charlie. Oh, man. This is going to be a fun match. I'm going with Joey Janela in the victory. I'm going to take star boy. All right. All right. Next up, we have all heart. Blake Christian. Boo. Yeah. But he gets to go one-on-one -on -one with the Busta Killer, the Prize City OG Alec Price. I'm going uh, with Blake for the win here because I think he's going to win. My my heart wants to go Price, but I'm, I'm taking Blake. In the last first-round match, and it's the last one announced, we are going to – and it, what a vignette, by the way, to announce yes. this. Charles Mason – and we'd say what you will about the root of all evil. But mm -hmm. Charles Mason has been this great vignette machine. He's such a great character, and I can't wait for him to keep the evolution going. So they did a little promo package for this final announcement match. This is the final match that was announced. And in this match, we got the fact that we revisited The Walking Dead. Yes. The Negan scene in The Walking Dead. We had a few guys, I think four guys lined up mm -hmm. on their knees. Although instead of uh, Lucille the Bat, we had a sledgehammer. Yep. And uh, he eeny, meeny, miny mowed his way down. And then he smashed somebody in the head with a fucking sledgehammer. Because if you don't know, Charles Mason likes to kill people in his promos. And he reached into the pocket of that gentleman that got picked to find out who his opponent was going to be. And he drew the name Billy Starks. And Billy Starks, of course, Space Jesus. We love Billy Starks. They have a long history. Yes. There was a feud about two summers ago where Billy Starks even had to enlist the help of RSP, even of all people, mm -hmm. to help against, against the scumbag that is Charles Mason. So now he looked at the other guy and he goes, oh, you guys, you're lucky that you didn't get hit. Out of curiosity, what name was in your pocket? So the guy pulls the name out, and it was Billy Starks, and he still hits the guy in the head. Everybody had Billy Starks' name, and he, he, hit, he, he killed he, all of he them. He kills all of them. It's fucking amazing work. If you haven't seen the promo, go out of your way. It's on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel and all their social medias. It's a tremendous way to announce it. So Billy Starks versus the root of all evil, Charles Mason, will end out the J-Cup first round. Does it make me a bad person if I called Mason for the win? I think Mason's going to win too, so it doesn't make you a bad person. Okay. Now my question to you is, who do you think is going to take the whole enchilada? Who do you see walking out being the J-Cup 2023 winner for Game Changer Wrestling slash JCW? Now there's not a stipulation that the J-Cup winner gets a title shot against uh, GCW. No, no, there's no stipulations at all. Because otherwise I'd say, I'm not doubting Charles Mason winning this thing. I can see that happening, but honestly... I think that the finals, and I don't know how the brackets because we don't have the second round right. brackets. I think Blake Christian's going to be in the finals because reasons. Okay. And I think just like before, he's going to come up short. And I want to say that he's going to come up short to Jordan Oliver. I'd love to see that. I think we're going to get the year of Jordan continuing on. That's my hopes, at least, in the J-Cup. And he becomes the J-Cup winner continuing the year of the East Coast Ace. 
I'm I'm so down for that. I think Jordan's gonna be in the finals no matter what. I think it'd be him and Mason in my bracket. It could be. It could be. I just think that Blake is keeps coming up short and I think that's adding to the heel. Yes. So I think that's the perfect way to do it. But Regardless, I think it's going to be great action. Remember, that goes down this upcoming Saturday, February the 11th on Fight Plus. So if you have the $4.99, you get to watch all of it completely free. The first round is at 2 p.m., so the first show. Second show is at 8 p.m. So in one day tournament, there's just a break in between shows, and that's all covered for you on Fight. Of course, it's the day before the Super Bowl. So what else you got to do? Exactly. Watch some, watch some fucking J-Cup. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of 607 TWS. Next week, when we come back, we will be previewing Kenji Muto's last match. Mm -hmm. We'll also be previewing NJPW's Battle in the Valley from San Jose. That's the one where we're going to see for the IWGP Women's Championship, uh, Mercedes Money taking on Kyrie. Mm -hmm. That's one of it. And also, the IWGP World Champion will be in an action. Switchblade Jay White going out one-on-one with Eddie Kingston is announced. That's going to be a great card to break down. We're going to do that next week. So that's all coming up on next week's show so we have a lot to talk about we got the j cup we'll be talking about that next week and whatever other wrestling news so you got fans got a lot to look forward to next week we got a little bit off for AEW because march 5th is the next by the way it's sunday again for uh revolution it's march 5th i just looked it up today just because i was like it's got to be coming up yeah i was gonna say yeah march the 5th and it's a sunday uh, i'm I'm, I'm dreading this by the way not because i'm dreading the event they just tend to run long and i have to work on mondays monday mornings are not gonna be fun after that show so that's all I'm saying, guys. I'm not dreading the show as a whole because I'm, I'm looking forward to the show. I'm just not looking forward to being on a Sunday. So with that, Ken M., before we take off, one more time, tell the fine folks how to find you in the ODPH. Very simple. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join the conversation on the social media accounts. Check out the T Public Store link. Check out the Patreon link. One tier, $2, and a lot of content on the way. The blog section, the classified section, the friends of the show, the directory, the music section. If it's anything and everything that is the ODPH. You can find it at odphpodcast.com. Hey, and I'm just going to keep it short and simple. If you want to find the social media links or any links to the 3FN podcast, including Patreon, Public, and more, do that at 3FNpodcast.com. So it's a one-stop shop, 3FNpodcast.com. All right. With that, we are going to bid you guys adieu as we will be back next week to talk more pro wrestling news and preview all the things and review all the things I just mentioned because there's even more GCW shows coming up the weekend after there's two of them to be exact so like we'll be previewing them as well as so much more like I said we got a huge fucking card to do next week it's going to be another big week this week was a little lighter with that being said though folks take care of yourselves take care of each other and most importantly later wrestling fans if you take my hand we could order chinese food get high and then watch new japan rainmaker so damn hard I can no longer stand in this room I'm starting to swoon The walls made of neon But I can't stop looking at you Looking at you And I've got a to shatter the eye.
towards me A smile I see Connect from the top ropes One, two, three 